and welcome to another Anarchaeologist podcast episode. This one's going to be a short one again in the vein of the normal Anarchaeologist Speaks. Now, what's quite interesting is I've been doing a lot of stuff and... Um, yeah, I've been bad. <laughs> I've been bad for updating podcast episodes and it's just been a bad time to kind of get things sorted. I've been moving house and I've been preparing for a new job in September and of course the EAA. So I want to kind of go through that and then I want to introduce a new little thing that I'm doing uh, called Ask an Archaeologist. Hopefully uh, it'll pick up a little bit and uh We'll get somewhere. And I want to quickly talk about the um, the blog post I've just put up um, called Listen and Retweet. So the first things first, thank you ever so much for continuing to listen to what I make. I understand that uh, it must be a bit frustrating to always be like freshing through things and wanting to hear things. And yeah, like I, I really want to return to the standard format um, very, very soon. Uh, and start talking to people again. So if you are interested in talking to me, there's a few recurring guests who I've lined up, uh, do down, noted down, and uh, I'm going to go talk to them uh, pretty shortly. Uh, but if you're interested in talking to me about archaeology or about other things as well, I think I'm probably going to spread out a little bit um, because it's been really fun chatting to people on Twitter about a number of different subjects and topics. And it's kind of made me realize that I love archaeology, but I think if I really want to develop what I think in the spirit that I want to, then I really have to engage in other uh, issues as well. Um, not over the top, like we'll, we'll definitely get back to the archaeology stuff, but I think it will be a kind of, um, uh, it'll be a, another interesting addition to the archaeology um, the archaeology stuff I already do. So first things first, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening and I want to thank the podcast community for being absolutely amazing. And, you know, I, I was recently on a Diamond Minds uh, podcast and it was absolutely fantastic to talk to Paul and um, David and it, I just, it was absolutely fantastic. I loved it and it was just really, really good fun. So if you want to go and check out that podcast, um, then um definitely uh check them out and find them on twitter at diamonds awesome uh in other news i think um what i want to do is develop um a better kind of way of doing the podcast so uh yeah i've been really bad for it because you know and honestly i love doing it i love uh talking um <laughs> I love talking because, you know, that's what I'm best at doing. But I better get to some of the subjects before I ramble off on my own. So obviously the big conference is the EAA. That's the European Archaeology Association Conference. And I am going to be hosting a session there. I mean, one of many, many, many sessions there. Uh, so my session is Communicating Archaeology number 13, CA13, which is called It Belongs on the Internet. And the It Belongs on the Internet is about using the internet in a way to engage people with archaeology, but also understanding what the problems are with using such a platform. Now, we've had so many amazing submissions. I, I'm just, I'm excited to hear 
uh, these things because obviously I've read the abstracts because that's how I, uh, I was looking through them and to sort them for the session and I'm just I'm over the moon about really getting a chance to listen to what people have to say about this because it it, may, it means a lot to me it's very exciting to me and I just you know I can't wait um so that's going to be on the 2nd to the 5th of September and if you're in Glasgow and well you've got <laughs> i mean the conference unfortunately isn't uh, isn't cheap but it's definitely worth it if you're an archaeologist to go there meet people network and you know just be part of that community so you know if uh, if you are going to be there i'm going to be there as well i'll actually also be uh, recording a number of sessions as well so if you have a session i might be recording it uh, along with the the amazing Doug Rocks McQueen, who is also known as at Open Access, Open Access Archaeology on Twitter. Oh, geez, I, I cannot do that. <laughs> so in any case, um, it, I'm, I'm going to be there. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I can't wait for it. Um, but then I've also, straight after, I'm starting a new job uh, as an archaeologist. So that's going to be really exciting and really, really fun. And I'm going to really, really enjoy that. I, I, I will enjoy it definitely. It'll be really great to sink my teeth into something that you know I've been learning as part of a degree for so long. So I'm going to be really excited about that. Um, so the other thing, obviously, is that uh, I'm hoping to get back into the swing of things, and uh, um, I'm hoping to really expand some of the topics especially to do with archaeology and society. Now, if you are an archaeologist in the UK, you probably are familiar with the Chartered Institute for Archaeologists. And their um, their big conference is next year in 2016, and they're currently accepting submissions for sessions. Now, obviously, it's about archaeology and society, which is something I am so excited about. Um, it's something that I really pride myself on um, knowing a little bit a lot about and thinking a little bit about. So if anybody is interested in doing a session with me, um, I'm really considering doing a proper one on social archaeology or archaeology as a social action, as a form of really getting people involved. So if you're interested in that, you can email me, admin at archaeologist.co.uk. Now, I don't really have any archaeology stories uh, for you, Um <laughs> uh mainly because you know it's there there've been things happening here and there but um there's nothing major um nothing that really caught my eye um i mean there's new things being found every day and you know picking through them is interesting enough but uh if you're interested there are a number of archaeology news sites which are really really useful and i really encourage you to definitely check out uh, what was it? Oh, now I've forgotten it. <laughs> the Archaeology News Network, uh, which is a Facebook group. Um, there's Past Horizons, and there's a number of other ones that are um, definitely places where you can find out the latest archaeology news. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I had a online conversation with a number of different people over the last number of weeks and uh well one of them i want to mention at miles par 1985 who uh, makes videos he's a youtuber science youtuber here based here in the uk 
really cool guy and he runs the league of nerds uh podcast now i wasn't familiar with the podcast um and then i listened to an episode on cancer cures and cannabis um it's a really really absolutely amazing episode because their guest um vicky forrester is brilliant like honestly absolutely fantastic and her description of basically everything to do with cancer is fantastic she's a science researcher in cancer and um she she's a leukemia researcher and she's got her own personal story with that and that's an episode i don't want to spoil but honestly you should definitely 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 go and check it out the link will be below now interesting enough i said well I, because i thought the episode was so great i said hey miles um does your guest have a twitter handle and he said yes here's the twitter handle uh and that was all okay um but somebody then uh butted in you know and obviously conversations on the internet are open to the public and that's you know like you can expect people to kind of jump in when certain buzzwords are mentioned and when things are talked about so this uh this person's uh butting in was um an impetus for my latest blog post and basically it was like oh you guys should really look up this um indiegogo page on this documentary uh the documentary is called cancer cancers you know like a play on cancer and answers and um, he explicitly mentions that it is about alternative cancer cures now in the with respect to the episode had you listened to the episode um you would realize that you know, number one, a really interesting point about cancer is that there's no one cancer that does everything. There's lots of different diseases under that name. And treat that's why treatment is very varied between them. And that's really, that's fascinating. That's so interesting. Um, that's a really cool idea. And it, it goes a long way to explain why the cure for cancer is something that's kind of far away. Um so i uh, i think it's really it's a really great episode but coming in and saying oh here's the alternative cancer cures it's a, it's a bit kind of like it's a bit unaware of the audience and um so what i learned out later was that um vicky was um doing a grant proposal and was trying to finish that off and of course this gentleman comes in oh this is alternative cancer cure uh and sharply she replied you know i don't need people telling me how to do my work that's a paraphrase but basically you know she as a cancer researcher doesn't really doesn't really appreciate when people are going here's the alternative cures you know from big pharma and it, the debate went on a bit sharpish then but spiked between uh everybody and you know with our new arrival saying that oh well you can't judge a whole documentary on a little introduction like okay you know like, of course but you, the fact is you're linking an unfinished documentary to an indiegogo page with <laughs> no reference as to what it's about well as to why it's important i think that the problem is that you know 
um, alternative cancer cures um, are very special things because if you want an alternative to a cancer cure, then what does the alternative to a cure do? <laughs> I know, that's just a play on words. Um, because obviously their cures work as well in their heads. Um, I just, but I find the, the, the kind of conversation really didn't go anywhere. It was really kind of disingenuous. And I felt the whole time that this was taken in bad faith by our new person. Like our new person was like, well, you're not very scientific if you think this. And you know, like the point was that this person individual was coming in and saying here we have all the answers you should take this seriously because as with all alternative cures they need authority from science you know this is the the funny thing is that they seem to always want scientists to come around to the alternative cures because then they have some sort of hey well these scientists think they work it's just the most the majority of scientists don't think it works and i find that so funny is that these alternative cancer cures are you know oh we're we're not like the normal science no we're actually like this alternate science and but we need the authority and the value that society puts on science to actually propagate our ideas and i think it's I think it's not a bad thing to look for different ways of curing cancer. That's that's really good. But the problem with um, alternative, quote-unquote, uh, medicine is that they are often untried, untested, unfalsifiable, and they just don't do what they need to. And by promoting them, um you are doing something dangerous it's not like just having a different opinion when it comes to medicine people need the right treatment and people who research medicine who are doctors and everything they go through you know the upwards of seven years of training and preparedness to actually become doctors so i don't think i think a lot of that swept under the rug and ignored because, oh, well, they're working for Big Pharma and everything like that. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation about what Big Pharma represents. But I think uh, people have to understand that, you know, the, the, there are reasons why people like alternative cures. Um, they're easy to understand. It, quote, unquote, makes sense. And you don't need a degree to know um, about it. But at the end of the day, if you if you take away medicine that is scientifically proven to work, then you're endangering people's lives. If you said, for example, look, these are complementary medicines, they are medicines that kind of help people along, you know, I, I think that's a different debate. But if you try and say, look, don't go with the standard cancer treatment, go with these instead then I think that is an extremely dangerous thing. And I mean, that that's just to make sure that people understand that I'm not trying to support them. Um, I'm just saying, you know, uh, that th I understand why they believe that. Check out the show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash archiefantasies. Let's get back to the show. But this, this, this conversation and a following conversation about sexism and science had me think 
about you know what is it actually to interact on social media so i i I mean like i replied to a joke tweet about oh you know like male scientists kind of saying hey sexism science isn't an issue go and think about something important you know um basically saying you know sexism science isn't important because we got science to do and this individual kind of again bumped into the conversation was like yeah but the 1950s were full of sorry i'll start that again so the conversation was basically like sexism and science was um you know the, there was a lot of men who kind of said oh come on new damn broads you know sexism and science is important and uh, i kind of quipped in saying well if your attitudes are you like if you're going to use language from the 1950s your attitudes are going to reflect that language basically saying you know people who refer to women as broads in an unironic sense, are the same people who are going to be, you know, like reinforcing a sexist structure. And the individual then came in and was like, well, the 1950s saw all these um, advances in science. And you're like, yes, but we're not talking about the value of advancement in science. We're talking about the social kind of aspects of that research. And, you know, if you look back in science, there are many amazing women researchers that overcame any sort of structural sexism uh, to do amazing work. But at the same time, they aren't seen as the main kind of people who did research in the past i mean it 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 kind of this conversation descended in such a weird way i mean the guy was going on about we live in a gynocentric world that we live in a world that is built around women uh funny enough um which i i must say that i completely disagree with in the sense that oh yeah you know all those women who have you know big bank jobs and run the governments and stuff and uh it's it's one of these things that it just, it tasted, you know, the conversation tasted uh, of like a men's rights activist or um, what do they have, the new term meninist? Uh, it had this kind of weird slant to it that, you know, somehow, you know, all oh, people were being silenced just because of what they thought because they were speaking out against um uh, like a large authority and it's like no you're not speaking out against a large authority you're confirming it so it's just <laughs> so i wrote a blog post basically saying look sometimes you have to say i won't say anything and i mean and i don't mean the self-censorship is like i really want to say this but they're not allowing me to say it i mean kind of taking the time and saying okay somebody said this on mine what does it mean to them? And what can I add to the situation? You know, there are a lot of people on my Twitter, and I say this in the blog, that are activists in many different um, forms. And um, they are kind of like, they they talk about issues, like, for example, indigenous people's issues, uh, people of color's issues, um, you know, for example, transgender issues. And it's not always my place to, to say anything about them. Because the thing is that, like, I follow them because I want to hear what their updates are. But it doesn't mean that I have to go in and attack them every time they say something. Because... 
you know, even if it's uh, against white straight males with uh, two blue eyes, uh, and you know, this is this is one of those things about political correctness and privilege that I've only got an understanding of by being silent. You know, um, the internet's a wonderful space to kind of be take up space, like be in a safe space for other people, but not take up room. You know, there there are people who can talk to each other about issues, but you can see these talk conversations, but you aren't there to, you know, like say, hey, but but what about men? But what about this? But what about this? You know, um, especially when people are criticizing structures in societies, you know, <sighs> definitely go right. So the main point of my blog post was listen and retweet. You know, take people, what people say in good faith, even if you think it sounds ridiculous. I mean, this is what I've talked on before. You know, I've talked about Tim Hunt in a previous episode. I've talked about, I even mentioned the um, London goldsmiths officer who did a hashtag kill all men um, and said, you know, men should refrain from coming to this event. And, you know, to me, that is a retaliation or event in in the sense of a patriarchal system, you know? And the fact is, if you want an idea about patriarchy as an I like as an overarching structure, just look at the division of men in seats of power, you know? And, you know, yes, of course, there's men who aren't, <laughs> don't have a lot of power. You know, there's people in low socioeconomic status that are white as well. And this is, but that's not who we have an issue with. We have an issue with groups of people who are still dealing with the legacies of colonialism, imperialism, slavery, and genocide that are now having a voice on the line to speak out their frustrations and i think that is something worth keeping the fact is that people talk about free speech all the time but in america for example the free speech is about the constitution it's it's about it's isn't the first amendment but that's about government that's not about other people and here in the uk obviously you know if it's a broadcast thing on tv it has to be factually accurate but um i think the thing and there's obviously defamation slander libel laws i think there's a lot of very very complex laws around here but the thing is we've got a chance on the internet to give people a voice who haven't got a voice before and who who have experiences that we have never experienced the thing is I've never experienced what it's like to be a minority. I've never experienced what it's like to be a woman. I've never experienced what it's like to have learning difficulties. So how, how on earth can I say to understand these kind of things? And in a wider aspect, how can people who don't have those issues and those kind of hurdles make things better for people who do? You know, like if you were sitting in government and you don't know women's issues, why are you making decisions that affect women? I mean, this is this is like 
coming from like you need the knowledge to actually make the right decision. So if you're not ready to go and find that knowledge, you are making the best decision. And I think this applies to archaeology as well. See, I'm tying it all together here. And I think in archaeology, we really don't want to enclose it in a world of professional kind of demigods that you know there are these people who talk about archaeology and you have to listen to them because you know they're archaeologists that's not necessarily the case um i think archaeology in the past is a very open thing it's a very fluid thing and it can be seen through many different lenses but i think it's important to realize that none of these lenses are definite they're not they're not the be-all and end-all of things. And I think we have to steer away from saying, well, it's just like this. We have to say it might be like this. And that applies for everything in life, you know? Um, I think we, 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 we have to understand that everybody has a different take on things. And, you know, like somebody will see a situation and in their head they'll put together a way, a forming, a form of why it's that way. And somebody else will take a different forming of why it's that way. But these are these, are, is one of these forms better than the other one? Is, is one way of looking at the world better than another way of looking at the world? Well, we have to work that out. We have to examine it. We can't take these things for granted. We can't just say, look, this is a better way of looking at the world. And in the spirit of really talking to people and answering questions i want to finish off with a new segment called ask an archaeologist so i had an amazing uh, response to a tweet saying hey ask an archaeologist does anybody have any questions and i had some really really um interesting and some really predictable tweets so in the spirit of getting different opinions the first question comes from Pop Culture Case Study, uh, a podcast which looks at uh, psychology and films. Really interesting. Definitely go and check them out. <clears throat> Pop Culture Case Study says, First question. So how close is your life to that of Indiana Jones? It's basically the same thing, right? Well, apart from living in the 1930s, uh, 1930s, 40s, well, we've got a few different things. Uh, I don't have a hat, I don't have a whip, and I don't have a use for a whip, uh, but I do have a satchel. So, I'm uh, by, a th you know, one out of three ain't bad. Of course, I replied to that, <laughs> asking archaeologists questions, have been cancelled due to predictable questions. Thank you, PC case study. Thank you very much. So <laughs> the next one was um, from Musings of a Sheba or Musings of a Shibe. I'm not really saying, I don't know how to say it properly, but Hero Job Shibe runs Musings of a Sheba, Sheba, Musings of a Shibe podcast, uh, which is a podcast about Dogecoin. So if you're interested in cryptocurrency, definitely go and check it out. Are they, and she asks, are big round hats at the dig necessary build wearing material? 
Not like the one she linked. Not this kind of old explorer hat from the 19th century. But actually, when we're working on a site, uh, proper personal protective equipment is used. And that's usually reflective, high-vis vests and hard hats. You know, obviously it varies from place to place and dig to dig. But especially when uh, there are large diggers on site and there's lots of heavy equipment running around proper ppe is required so technically you do wear a hat um rad dad chad at cj milroy asks have you ever been to alberta and visited the dinosaur provincial park we have many cool archaeological things and <sighs> I, I i i know i know i shouldn't say anything I shouldn't say anything. Uh, I've never been to Canada or America. Uh, I'd love to come and visit sometime. And I would actually love to watch, go and see the Dinosaur Provincial Park because I like I worshipped Jurassic Park. It was amazing. Love that film. So I'd be really happy about that. Now, what I really, really love is that Jennifer Milroy jumps in to save the day and says, Chad... Dino bones are paleontology. Yes! Yes, they are. Thank you. Jennifer, you are my good books today. You are my very good books. She goes on to say that there are many sites of First Nations peoples in Canada. And yes, there are. There's lots of very, very interesting sites that tell a very rich history that actually to this day we aren't actually a hundred percent sure about there's lots of unanswered questions um about the americas and um the way in which people came to america and lived in america in the past so it's a really really cool thing and you know i i, I like i i really uh i really find that really quite interesting now jennifer's Follow-up question is, like, I, I find it really difficult to answer. So she says, so if you had the funding to do the Dream of Your Dreams, where would it be and what are you hoping to find? Oh, no, no, I can't do this. There, It's a difficult question for me because I don't think there's anywhere, one place in the world that I really want to dig. I think for me, what I would do with funding like that is I'd open up a huge community archaeology project one that people feel they can get involved in even if they don't know about archaeology I, I i would like to support people finding out about their own history wherever they are and being part of writing that history down because like yes we've got lots of written stuff but there's a lot of stuff that is missing there's a lot of stuff that is um we don't know about and I think that's the amazing thing about archaeology is you can discover so much because there are things we just have no idea what's down there. And I think that that's something wonderful. And I would love to support not only archaeologists finding out stuff, but people who aren't archaeologists finding stuff and contributing to their own heritage and their own understanding of that heritage. Um, so that, that that's I know that's not really a good answer at all but um i hope you uh appreciate that and i really appreciate you guys uh giving me questions to answer i absolutely love that so i think oh i think i'll that's a good place to wrap up on if you're interested in reading 
what I have to write, you can head over to theanarchaeologist.co.uk. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at anarchaeologist and if you follow me you can also subscribe to the podcast on itunes or use any podcast app that you have on your phone or your device and you'll be able to find me check out um check out of course the other episodes on the uh, podcast network and be sure to stay tuned for much many more updates that are actually on time thank you again everybody for listening and uh, peace out Thank you.